This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to Fast Action Friday. We are straight into week two and to run through it all with me, I have the full team back together. Uh, welcome back, Lewis. But first of all, hello, Rob. How are you doing? Hello, I am very well. It was a fairly successful week one in terms of some fantasy leagues. Um, funnily enough, not a lot of the leagues that I did well in were actually... Um, People that I've just joined in, you know, just helping out in their fantasy football leagues. I was like, yeah, I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Gone like zero and one in pretty much all of them. So I don't look too good at the moment in those leagues. But in like the charity leagues and like some five VR leagues, I'm looking pretty good. So hopefully we can continue that this week. And as you've just said, we have Lewis back as well. Lewis, how are you doing, man? It is great to be back. Um, yeah, I was gutted to miss last week, but. Other things come first, unfortunately, and mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're doing all right. Week one was hit and miss all over the place, and I think everyone who's in multiple leagues will feel exactly the same after week one. And like um, JTT Cup, I think I was like the fourth highest scorer or something week one. Mm-hmm. Scott Fishbowl, nice. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm in the bottom five or six scorers after week one, and it's just Don't one of those things, isn't Don't it? Even but... Get me started on that. <laughs> 
had a shocker. Oh, we, we can start. We can start on that if you want. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely fine to start talking about uh, Scott Fishbowl scoring. Um, I think it was like top fifty. Was it fifty six? I can't yeah, remember what I put on the group, yeah. but yeah, I am up there. And uh, Kirk Chains and uh, Addison did a nicely decent job for me last night. Uh, where? What about you, Pitsy? How, how any leagues going well for you? Uh, yes. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of bad bad stuff going on right now. But uh, to be fair, I got my first win of the season in the in the Ballers League, which is our uh, our home dynasty league. So I'll take that. Apart from that, everywhere was shocking, absolutely shocking. I got a couple of wins, <laughs> yeah. but not from teams that I thought I was going to win. I think I was listening to um, the uh, Rich. Obviously, Dynasty Island, uh, he was saying all these good teams were rubbish and all these bad teams were good. So it's, it was one of those weekends, wasn't it? It certainly was. And uh, yeah, nice to mention the Bowlers League. Uh, Bowlers League has got some crazy scoring, but, uh, you know, crazy scoring plus crazy matches equals just, you know, absolutely off the scale results. Um, so hopefully things are a bit more back to normal for all leagues this week. And I think that's how we can help. Um, but let's first talk about last night's game, where some matches will have already started, some fantasy leagues. Uh, it is Thursday night. Throwback. <laughs> I had to hold on there. Nice. Um, nice. Last, last week, we didn't actually mention the, uh, the final score of the game, so I think we should probably do that tonight. Because we, we covered all the stats, but didn't actually mention how the game finished out. Uh, and I think it's actually important for this game, because in the quarterback coverage, um, one quarterback did really well. Other quarterback didn't do as well, but did all right. Um, but the final score for the uh, the Vikings, for Lewis Vikings versus the uh, Philadelphia Eagles was Vikings 28, Eagles 34. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have a talk about how 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 Lewis feels about that in in a little bit because you know he's had a he had a good good season last year and it's not started the best but we'll we'll get his opinion on that in, in a little bit. Um, first of all, let's talk about Kirk Cousins. So Kirk Cousins had a tough game in this matchup last year, so there wasn't a lot of optimism going into it from a fantasy perspective or even from an NFL perspective just because of how much he got thrown around last year. Uh, however, he lit up the stat line. This season, he got 31 completions of 44 attempts with 364 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. He started off the, the day with uh, scoring the first touchdown of the day with uh, TJ Hawkinson. He did lose a fumble in the start of the second half to put a dampener on a comeback effort after the Eagles took the lead. Um, and as, as we saw, they, they kind of resorted to majority of the passing game. They liked uh, chasing chasing the game. So there was a 62-yard strike to Addison as well. Addison shrugging off that defender to get into the end zone. Uh, and then he had a second red zone touchdown to KJ Osborne. Uh, and then a third red zone touchdown for Hawkinson's second score of the game. So, you know, his, um, his success getting into that final 10, that final 20, seems to be going really well in terms of the passing game. Um, and for all the Vikings' lack of success in winning, Cousins has exploited opponents' defences uh, for their weaknesses, and he has racked up some impressive yards and touchdowns already. So uh, a good turnout for Cousins there. On the other side of the ball, we've got Jalen Hurts. Um, he got 18 completions on 23 uh, attempts for 193 yards, one touchdown and one interception. 
And he's also got his 12 carries for 35 yards and two book push touchdowns. Try saying that three times fast when you've had a few. Um, Hertz looked quite frustrated in how his passing turned out in the game. Like a lot of his completed passes were on the flat and on a few screen planes. So Dallas Goddard and DeAndre Swift were the main beneficiaries there. He did complete some passes to Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, just not as much. Um, the deep shots he took uh, didn't pan out that often. I think the Vikings were ready for it. The long pass to Smith in the first drive picked up 54 yards and got on that field goal. Uh, but the next one ended up as an interception. So they're you know a mixed bag in terms of the results from his his long game. Um, and his running game, you know, they they were ready for that as well. I think Brian Flores were preparing for the Hurts to do some long long runs. So his main runs came around the outside of the of the line. Uh, I think after losing Shane Steichen uh, at the end of last year, um, I think they they just need to rediscover themselves. And like they've obviously done well, they've got two and zero, but um, I think the offense isn't isn't what it was previously. Yeah, it was tricky to it was a tricky one to kind of break down because the game didn't really feel like it was that exciting. But then I was going off onto the offensive coverage. Both teams had some big plays mixed in, which was it was it was a weird one. So they kind of started off shaky, and then every like the second half was a bit was a little bit better and kind of warmed mm. up by getting those big plays in. Um, talking about the Eagles, then. They had big games from Smith and Swift. Stormo's been on the uh, Facebook chat and he's already uh, chomping about uh, how good putting Swift in his team was good last night. Um, obviously, AJ seemed to be not very happy on the uh, sidelines, so he was exchanging word with Hurt, so we'll see how that comes mm-hmm. out. Uh, look out for a big week next week from AJ if, uh, if that has anything to do with it. Anyway, Swift. With no one left in that backfield to challenge him, he uh, he came out with a bang. He had 28 attempts for 175 yards with a touchdown and caught all three of his passes too. Smith, mm-hmm. he got five targets, four receptions, uh, but they were big as he got 131 yards from them and a touchdown. Compare that to A.J. Brown, who had six targets, four, four receptions, but he only managed to get 29 yards off him. So interesting to see how that one pans out in the next few weeks. Uh, Goddard didn't seem to be a factor too much either. He had had most of the targets though, so he had seven for six receptions. Um, but I, like AJ, just didn't do much with them. Only getting twenty-two yards. Um, and I like throwing this in because kickers are real people too. Elliot got four for four in his extra points, two for three of his field goal attempts, which were, one of them was over sixty yards. And I, I just like to throw that one in. <laughs> it was beauty. It was. Beauty. Um, it was. Vikings now, Madison, man, had eight attempts for 28 yards, caught three of his six targets. The biggest issue really was holding on to the ball, turning the ball over with his uh, fumbles as well, which isn't great. It's not going to get you on the coach's top list. Um, Addison, he went five for three for 72 and a touchdown, so a nice little day for him. JJ always doing JJ things, 13 for 11, 159 yards. Unfortunately, he fumbled across the goal line. Uh, which went down as a fumble for a loss. So negative points if you score it that way. Um, And that went back to the Eagles 20, which I think is a ridiculous rule. Uh, But we'll get Mm -hmm. to that. Well, I won't even start into that. I think uh, there's a few people who have been chatting about it anyway. Um, Hockerson, he had a great day out as well. Eight for seven, 66 and two touchdowns. So nice day for him. 
And as you say, KJ Elfborn also got on the list, six for three, 34 yards, which isn't much to shout about, but he did get that touchdown. He was um he was wide looked like he was wide open for two of those um targets as well the one and he just dropped him like yeah. his hands weren't that reliable like obviously he got the the wide open touchdown but there were two two balls I wouldn't say it was on a Kadarius Tony level of drops um but you could tell he was getting frustrated and you could tell that there should have been more there it it, it kind of cost him a little bit um it kind of put some end to some of the drives but you know. Six for three isn't, isn't bad for a wide receiver. Three, which he's looking to turn out to be now. Yeah, yeah I think we see the reasons why um, the Vikings drafted Jordan Addison in the first round, looking at KJ mm-hmm. Osborne. But defensive coverage now from last night, and, well, both both these was pummeled on the night. Eagles through the air. Bradbury was a notable absence in the Eagles' secondary, I think. And... Um, the Vikings just could not stop the run yet again. Over 800 total yards on offense last night, and the Eagles doing the majority of their share on the floor. Kirk Cousins through the air. I think we only ran the ball like 13 times in total or something like that last night, which is really, really low. We we knew it would be a pass-first mm. offense, but um, yeah, that's still quite low, I think. But Daniil Hunter, he stood out on the night with three sacks for the Vikings. Theo Jackson, who's a safety that I'd never even heard of, got an interception. Um, a bucket load of tackles all around for the Vikings, but they still allowed too many yards, obviously, on the ground, as we said, and points overall, really. But the Eagles, they got the Vikings off the field much quicker. Only the two sacks, mm. but... We're looking from a fantasy perspective, the Eagles scored 10 points, whereas the Vikings only came up with six with your DSTs. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I think Avanti Maddox got injured last night as well for the Eagles' uh, defence as well, so that's another player that they might be missing in the future. So whoever, whoever's got the next I might, in week three, that might be something to watch out for. If it's someone who you know is going to pass to wide receivers, then I'll be putting those wide receivers in that in, in your lineups. Um, they, could, they could do really well. All right, then. Hold on to your hats. We are diving into the injury report. Yeah, this might take a while. There's a lot that went down over this last weekend with it being the first game in. Um, obviously, massive, massive notable ones is Aaron Rodgers and J.K. Dobbins out for the season, both on IR. Achilles injuries is not something that we uh, want to see. It's a tough one to come back from. So, oh, just, I mean, we'll start with Dobbins. After coming back with his ACL, just to come and get his Achilles gone, I'm absolutely devastated mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, and yeah, just, he'll, he'll be a, a big loss, won't he? Yeah. And obviously, yeah. The, oh, sorry, go for it. No, no, carry on. Uh, big, oh, and a lot of Jets fans are obviously going to find this one even uh, more devastating. Aaron Rodgers kind of going with that Achilles as well. It just, you want to see the league have all its best players playing. And yeah, that after such a massive hype over the offseason to lose Rodgers within the first seconds of the game pretty much it yeah it's not not great anyway we'll move on uh jimmy Garoppolo, he has an ankle in- injury monitor this one as it goes on because we could mean brian hoyer coming in uh or 
maybe too soon for uh, Aidan O'Connell talk, but uh, we shall see. No, it's never too soon for Aidan O'Connell talk. We saw what it was like in pre-season. It's never too soon to get, to get him in, uh, <laughs> especially when he's stashed on a plenty of my taxi squads as well, you know. Mm. Bring him out, bring him out. Um, we've also got hamstring injuries galore as players have stepped off the preseason games and off the training camps into the fast-flying treadmill that is the regular season. Um, the following is a list of those players who've already been limited or ruled out due to hamstring injuries for this week. So uh, if you had Aaron Jones, uh, Chris Evans, Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dubs, John Mechie, Kashan Boutte, Darren Waller, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Doody, and Greg Dulcich have all suffered from the ailment in varying degrees. We have seen some of them like come out and say, I'll be ready, like Darren Waller. And we have seen some um, pretty much be ruled out already. So um, just make sure you are watching all those questionable players before you go into lineups on Sunday. Yeah, that um, Broncos pass catching group is severely beat up again. Um not even sure if Sean Payton can work his magic on that one. I don't. <laughs> Although he's brought in everybody that the Saints didn't want, so um, we'll see what happens there. But we've also got a few players with knee injuries that would be sensible to monitor before game day as well. Big names include obviously Travis Kelsey, who missed Week One. Brees Hall is coming off a season ender last year. He had a great Week One, but he's listed as questionable. Brandon Cooks, Raheem Mostert, Devontae Parker. Rondal, Wondal, sorry, not Rondal, Wondal Robinson and DeAndre Carter, also questionable after limited practices. Evan Hull, Colts running back, rookie, has already been put on injured reserve due to a knee injury. So it's likely his involvement as main part of the Colts offense is over for this year. Yeah, you've got a feel for the lad. He managed to get in. Moss went out. Dion Jackson was faltering and fumbling and then he gets in and then he gets injured. So like it was almost the path cleared for him and then it just came down on him again. So yeah, hope he recovers. Okay. And it's not, not too bad and he can't come back. Yeah. Gutted really. I think he's still mm. on one of those uh, boomerang IR. So he's got the potential to come back, but yeah, he's trying to work out how, uh, how severe it really is. So, uh, finally, Something as in well, or in the um, Indianapolis running back room, I think. <laughs> <laughs> finally, then, uh, Jacoby Myers, after a fantastic week one, uh, he is doubtful still for this week with him being concussion protocol. He took a massive hit, uh, during that game, so he is probably edging towards not being ready for this week. Are you, All right, are we seeing nope. him to Renfro? Nah. He never, never really comes in, does he? Well, he didn't this year, but like he was a big part of the team when he was when he was healthy last year yeah. and the year before. Like he was a bit of a surprise, and that's what Myers' job was. He was he's coming to do that do that role, and Hunt Renfro might have a chance to make it big again. You know, should have had him as your flex of the week, Rob. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, right, straight into weak points. All right, so... This week's weakest against quarterbacks. No surprises. The Chargers are top of the list after two had destroyed them. Um, they averaged around 28.1 points. This week they're going up against the Titans. So just watch that one. Not that Tannehill is uh, anywhere near as uh, pass heavy as uh, two was, but we shall see. Um, Eagles, they jumped into second place. 25.1%. Obviously, they were at home to Vikings last night. Uh, Cousins managed to uh, throw a few long shots down there so that definitely would not have helped them and then the bears there in third place 23 points away at the books they obviously it was a surprising nice little attack from the books last week so whether they can carry on in week two that'll be a good one to watch Lewis how did you how did you feel about Cousins chances going into this game so if if I was covering sort of starts and sits he would have been a sit I think um, the sort of range you'll draft him in, you'll probably have the QB2 shortly after, or he could be your QB2 and someone just before. And I would have been sitting him in any of those situations just because last year they were so good, the Eagles. And like you was mentioning, the offense seems a little bit different. The defense don't seem as deadly. But Cousins has started um, good this season. Saying about the Bucks though, against uh, the Bears, Baker Mayfield, he was all right against the Vikings last week as well. He seemed to have our number, and um, yeah, he could do the same again this week. Do you think it, uh, so, someone mentioned that um, Baker might actually be playing for the role for the role, so they doesn't tank him, and like he he <laughs> keeps the job. Yeah, I mean, crazy. Oh, fair to play to him. Sure. Fair play to him. If he's going to yeah. do that and he's going to play out his skin, then why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the it's less the tail of the because he was first overall, wasn't he? It's less the tail of like the fail first overall. Now it's like the tail of the underdog. You know, going to the books. Let's let's turn him around. You know, um. So let let's see what happens there. Um, weakest against running backs. So number one team is is the Panthers. Um, they got absolutely decimated by uh, the combined force of Tyler Algier and B. John Robinson. Um, so that's why they currently peaked the list at 40.2 fantasy points conceded to him last week. Uh, they are at home to the Saints. Um, so another divisional matchup, um, one that I don't expect to go well as, as a Panthers fan, but um, they are at home, and maybe they, they, they can use the power of the Bank of America Stadium to, to turn that around. But the stats say otherwise. Uh, second are the Dolphins. They um, they got run over by Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler last week. Um, 39.5 points, so only just a little bit worse than Bijan and Tyler. They are away at the Pats. 
So can uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson uh, turn their fortunes around after last week and, and come away with something here? And then the third uh, are the Bears again. So that's already two two categories where the Bears are featuring in the top three. Um, they were up against Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who didn't do as well as he could have done. So I wouldn't say it was just AJ Jones here. Uh, sorry, Aaron Jones. Um, and they're away at the books. Um, so we thought Baker Mayfield was doing it with the quarterback. Um, is it going to be the same with Rashad White and Sean Tucker? What do we think? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'll say yeah. Very silent, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's more like you know what Baker's just done uh, in week one, and if he's going to be thrown again, he's got some good wide receivers on that team. They're kind of mean looking at that. It's more of a a balanced offense if they can get it going against the Bears to get the running game as well. So it just depends on how far they, far ahead they manage to get. Mm. I'm liking the uh, the Pats running backs though this week. I said it about yeah, Jones, Jones and the Green Bay Packers last week and uh, well, yeah, I will, I'm liking the Pats against uh, the Dolphins to run this week. I wouldn't be surprised if Ramondra Stevenson had a very similar stat line to Aaron Jones last week, this week. But um, the Bears, I think, could be in for quite a long night. The Buccaneers ain't fantastic, you know, Like, but Baker Mayfield's serviceable. He's shown it on numerous occasions uh, in the past, and week one he was fine against a defence probably on par with the Bears. So we'll see what happens there. But weakest against wide receiver. Now, this first one is way out in front. And it's mostly because of one person. And he does it once or twice a year. The Chargers, 67.7 points. Wow. Absolutely torched by, of course, Tyreek Hill in week one. The Titans are in second, 40.3 points. So quite a difference in um, that and... Olave and Shahid for New Orleans Saints, both topped 19 PPR points. And the Chargers and Titans play each other this week. So the two worst defences against wide receiver have a lovely matchup in week two. So do with that what you will. If you trust in Ryan Tannehill against the Chargers, who was also poor against the quarterback, I mean, it could be a sneaky super flex of the week, maybe. But... Mm-hmm. Um, in third, the Buccaneers, 38.2, are at home to the Bears. So could we see Justin Fields attack the air a little bit more this week? And obviously, DJ Moore will be there as a beneficiary. Um, we'll see. I think this will, be the, this will be a key indicator as whether or not they can do it against a weak defence. Um, if they can't do it against the Bucs, then there is an issue. There's an issue with the Bears. And I think a lot of people are talking about it already, not just... Uh, not just in the skill players, but in the offensive line, you've got to have time to throw the ball that far, unless you want to do the screen pass, which which worked well in the preseason. Yeah, fair. The Chargers Times game that looks like it could be uh, if it's going to be pass heavy. That's that'll be an interesting one. But then they've got King Henry, haven't they? So both running backs in that game can pass. Uh, sorry, can catch, catch, not pass. I mean, to be fair, they probably can pass as well. But... <laughs> Good one to watch. Good one to watch. <laughs> right, weakest against the tight end, we go with Eagles. They are nineteen point two points uh, 
against the tight end. They are home to the Vikings last night, obviously, which we saw the two touchdowns for um, Hawkinson. It kind of said it all really adds to their stats for next week. Uh, Falcons, they were next on the list, 13.3. They are hosting the Packers. Uh, so their new tight ends might get a nice run out. And the Dolphins come third. They are 12.9 away at the Pats. Uh, again, mm, so the... Henry, uh, is it Henry that's there now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Henry. 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 Could, uh, could feast as well. That would be nice. The Pats could end yeah. up getting a... Uh, if their defence plays like they did last week, they uh, could cause some trouble for the Dolphins this week. I think the Patriots duo are more likely to have a field day than the Packers are because you've got Mike Kosicki mm. there too, who's a great pass catcher, as well as Hunter Henry, who's obviously he's very good in man coverage. So for end zone uh, touches, like, I think it was only two years ago he had like double figure touchdowns or close on. Mm. And yeah, I think so. I think it could be um, an interesting one that game actually. Yeah, I think I heard the stat that where. Of all the touchdowns that Matt Jones has thrown, uh, Hunter Henry has received the most out of uh, out of anyone. So he's got the rapport there, and you know there's a clearly a positional weakness, and um, he just doesn't seem to Matt just just doesn't seem to have connected with Gesicki as much as anyone would have thought. So yeah, Hunter Henry to the to the ends of the season. I think I think that would be a, a good partnership. <laughs> right, let's move on to. Flex of the week. Whoa! Um, right, let's um, let's do this one. So, I think last week um, we'll talk about the ones we had last week first before we go into our current week ones because we did talk about trying to do a sandwich bet uh, proposition. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so, um, Pitsy, I, I definitely think you won that one. You had Brian Robinson, who did far better. Than Tyler Higby did. So, yep, yeah, I think you are one point up in the standings. We'll have to do it based on averages because uh, obviously Lewis wasn't here last week. So we'll do it on our average <laughs> base of um, performances on the show and, and points, things like that. So we'll work it out at the end. Um, so my week two selection this week is Rashid Shahid. Um, he is definitely a flex play. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider him to be in the top 24 at the position. Um, and they're up against the Panthers. Now, the Panthers were ranked 30 sec- 32nd in allowing points to wide receivers. Uh, that was just 4.6 points. So um, I bet people are questioning why I'm choosing them if they ranked last against wide receivers. Well, it's because the Panthers uh, didn't face any targets from wide receivers when they played um, the Falcons. Like, Drake London got one target, didn't catch it. You know, um, there was there was no passing offense really to be seen from the Falcons when they played the Panthers last week. Um, However, if we look at um, the team that the Saints played, the Titans, they finished second versus wide receiver, which was thought 40.3 points. So there's clearly a lot of points to be taken against uh, any team that plays the Saints. And fingers crossed, it does transfer over to the Panthers this week. Um, Shahid's average depth of target, uh, in that game was 16.5 yards, uh, and his average last year was 11.6 yards, so double figures already. Um, very promising if he can catch the ball, and he has not dropped a catchable ball in his two years in the league as well. So of all those targets, I think he had like um, 
29 catchable balls. He caught all of them last year. He caught all his catchable balls in the last game. Um, so again, promising, very safe pair of hands. Uh, New Orleans gave 80% of their targets to wide receivers last week, which was fifth in the league. And all three of them were equally involved. So if you combine all those factors together, you've got someone who can catch the ball deep, will get a lot of volume. Uh, and if you can add a touchdown in there against a defense that's missing JC Horn, who is doubtful for this game and potentially requiring surgery, they're missing a talisman. You could be on to a winner. Tasty. 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 There's a lot, yep. see a lot yes, of factors to kind of throw into that, but you know, I, I like it. Well, it'd mm-hmm. be interesting, especially the one I'm throwing out. Uh, Rashi Rice, he had a nice, nice game last week. Uh, I admit this one could be a big issue for me. Um, last week he had five targets, three receptions, and got his touchdown as a nice little start to his season. Uh, he was probably the the best of a bad, bad bunch from the Chiefs last week. Mm-hmm. And obviously with Tony and Moore coming off such a bad performance, I feel the Chiefs could try and get them a comeback game. Now, you may be screaming, well, obviously that means bad news for Rice. But I also think this is why it's a good thing for Rice, is that the Jags are also thinking they're going to be trying to get a comeback week next week, or this weekend, and get the pressure on these two wide receivers, leaving some space for Rice to add to his touchdown this from last week. Hmm. Not n- not even the Jags thinking about it. it could be a comeback week for them. It could be like, well, if they're going to throw them the ball, they're so easy to shut down. Let's just pummel them. And then who's open again? Rashi Rice. Especially if Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey misses again. I, I think it's a great shout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We shall see. We shall see. I have also gone for a New Orleans Saints player. Not a wide receiver, though. I'm not as brave as Rob. I've gone <laughs> for Jamal Williams. Now, we've seen his enormous amount of touchdowns last year, which carried his whole season. But he had 45 yards off of 18 carries last week, which isn't fantastic. But the Panthers, who the Saints are up against, allowed yards to a canter last week with Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier both having top 12 weeks. So can Jamal Williams exploit mm-hmm. that a little bit if the passing game ain't working too well, um, which was amazing last week, but we know what Derek Carr's like. Could there be a, a few more handoffs in the mix, possibly? And, of course, we know he's uh, dangerous in the red zone, as we seen last season. Tyler Algier was the RB4. Bijan Robinson was RB7 in week one. Three touchdowns from the Atlanta duo as well. I mean, it's kind of, it almost feels like a safe pick for Flex of the Week, which Mm. we don't really try to do. But I I don't think he's got the same sort of, you you could pick 24 running backs before Jamal Williams still, I think, this week. Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. But um, yeah, I think you're right. Jamal Williams. Yeah, I I love him. If it works, if it doesn't work for me, it'll probably work for you. So one of us is going to end up winning here, unless Rice has a a massive game, and then Pitsy gets another point. So <laughs> which is praying for. Um, any uh, any favoured games this week? Obviously, the the Vikings have come and gone, Lou. But do you have anyone that you're keeping an eye on? Anyone you might be interested in watching? Oh, I really like the Dolphins this year. I found it so hard to turn that game off last week and go to bed. I ended up staying up for the mm. whole thing. And two, I just, 
I, I said it as well pre-season and two is just if he's healthy this year he's just electric isn't he he's a lot better than um i think he's very underrated very underrated mm. I, I just love watching him i don't know if it's because it's the left hand thing as well like it just it, it's fun to watch isn't it and i've got so much tyreek hill everywhere um <laughs> if i was down the end of a first round i, I was snapping him up this season and the, the talent's unquestionable, isn't it? So, yeah, the Dolphins, really, I quite like them. <laughs> nice. And, uh, Pitsy, you've got the Steelers on Monday night. Monday night? You've got my Monday night, haven't you? In the double, night, double header yeah. against the Browns. Is there anyone else that you'd be looking at this weekend? Uh, I want to see how the Falcons get on again. I want to see how those running backs are doing. I know that's a rubbish, rubbish game, but I think... I'm going to the uh, I'm going to the Jags versus Falcons game at Wembley in a couple of weeks. So I want the Jags and the Falcons to be at their top-notch running abilities to be able to uh, watch a good game there. So mm. I like yeah, it. I like game. it. Yeah. Um, with Storms put in the chat, he went to bed well angry last weekend because obviously he's a Chargers fan. Chargers fan. Um, and the, the Los Angeles Chargers let it let him uh, unsatisfied. Yet again. Um, it should be used to it by now. There's nothing in the, there's nothing appeared in the comments, so maybe maybe he's gone to bed already. Already. Angry. Oh. <laughs> um nice. right, well that, that comes to the end of the, the show. So uh, all we can do now is is watch and wait for week two to unfold and you know, get down on that sofa and watch Red Zone and watch our games on the Sunday night at six. But, folks, until then, keep rushing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.